No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we will look at the high cost of misrepresenting God. When the people complained, Moses erred to the point that he couldn't enter the promised land. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Numbers chapter 20 on Simply the Bible. You've heard of a bone of contention. Today we will look at a rock of contention. We pick it up in Numbers chapter 20. Then the children of Israel, the whole congregation, came into the wilderness of Zin in the first month. And the people stayed in Kadesh, and Miriam died there and was buried there. It had now been about 38 years since the people failed to enter the promised land at Kadesh Barnea. Now they had returned to Kadesh. Almost all the older generation had died off. Now the younger generation was close to 40 years older. But were they wiser than their predecessors? While in Kadesh, Miriam the prophetess, the sister of Moses and Aaron, died and was buried. Nothing more is said about her, but we can imagine that this was a great heartache for her two brothers. Now there was no water for the congregation, so they gathered together against Moses and Aaron. And the people contended with Moses and spoke saying, If only we had died when our brethren died before the Lord. Why have you brought up the assembly of the Lord into this wilderness, that we and our animals should die here? And why have you made us come up out of Egypt to bring us to this evil place? It is not a place of grain or figs or vines or pomegranates, nor is there any water to drink. This was not the first time that the people suffered thirst in the desert. Naturally, being in the desert with their livestock and not having enough water was a big problem. But God had been providing for them for the last 40 years since they had left Egypt. Why would he stop providing for them now? You see, God's past faithfulness demands our present trust, or at least it should. Instead, the people contended with Moses and said many harsh things. If only we had died when our brethren died before the Lord. Did they really mean that? Probably not. But desperate people say rash things. Why have you brought us into this wilderness that we and our animals should die here? They were forgetting that it was not Moses who brought them there, but the Lord. Why have you made us come out of Egypt to bring us to this evil place? I must say, it would be difficult not to take personally such accusatory and harsh words. Verse 6, So Moses and Aaron went from the presence of the assembly to the door of the tabernacle of meeting, and they fell on their faces, and the glory of the Lord appeared to them. Forty years in the wilderness with these people had taught Moses and Aaron at least one thing. When trouble comes, fall on your face before God. I think that's a good lesson for all of us to learn. I find that when trouble comes, I so often try to deal with it in my own wisdom and strength rather than immediately taking it to the Lord in prayer. But the truth is that 
I so quickly exhaust my own resources? How much better would it be to follow the example of Moses and Aaron or even to follow Peter's advice? Casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. How often it was that when the people murmured and complained, the glory of the Lord appeared. Now, usually this was not the kind of appearance that you would want. While God is patient with us, he is not pleased when we murmur and complain. Verse 7, Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Take the rod, you and your brother Aaron, gather the congregation together, speak to the rock before their eyes, and it will yield its water. Thus you shall bring water for them out of the rock, and give drink to the congregation and their animals. So Moses took the rod from before the Lord as he commanded him. Now that seems pretty clear, doesn't it? Speak to the rock and the water will come out. Forty years earlier, after they had left Egypt, the people were thirsty in the desert, and God told Moses to strike the rock with his rod. And when he did, water came out and satisfied the people's thirst. But now God simply tells Moses to speak to the rock before the eyes of the people. He didn't give Moses any explanation as to why he was to do it differently this time. Unlike in times past, there didn't seem to be any indication that God was angry with the congregation. However, with Moses, it was a different story. And Moses and Aaron gathered the assembly together before the rock. And he said to them, Hear now, you rebels! Must we bring water for you out of this rock? Then Moses lifted his hand and struck the rock twice with his rod. And water came out abundantly. And the congregation and their animals drank. Probably Moses was feeling like everything went okay at this point. But he would soon find out that God was not okay with what had just happened. Now Moses had been an amazing leader and servant of God. For 40 years he had led these stiff-necked, complaining, and rebellious people. Several times when God was ready to destroy them, it was Moses who interceded for them and turned away the Lord's wrath. God had done many mighty miracles through Moses. And I can't even count the number of times that the scripture tells us that Moses did as the Lord commanded him. He was a faithful servant in God's house. But all our heroes have feet of clay. And it is important for us to remember that. Often people fall in the area of their greatest strength, probably because they become overconfident or lean on their own strength rather than leaning on the Lord. Moses was the meekest man on the earth. The Greeks define meekness as strength under control. But Moses lost control when he lost his temper, and he sinned in three ways. First, by losing his temper, he misrepresented the Lord. Hear now, you rebels! That did not reflect the Lord's heart toward his people. As a minister of the Lord, I have a profound responsibility to represent him well. Because I'm a pastor, I realize that anything I say or do is often amplified. I haven't always represented the Lord well. 
I can relate to Moses because sometimes people and situations get under my skin. But we who are called ambassadors of Christ, and every Christian is an ambassador of Christ, we have a serious responsibility to represent him well. Second, Moses took credit for God's work. Must we bring water for you out of this rock? He told the people. But who was really bringing the water out of the rock? Wasn't it the Lord? Moses was just God's instrument. When God is using you, it is easy to start taking credit for what God is doing, but that is always a mistake. Third, Moses struck the rock rather than speaking to it. Now, maybe that doesn't seem like such a big deal to you. After all, Moses struck the rock before. So what if he struck it again? But who are we to say which commandments of God are unimportant and which are important? What right do we have to keep some and ignore others? The truth was that there was more to this story than Moses could have understood. The Apostle Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, Moreover, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware that all our fathers were under the cloud, all passed through the sea, all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea, all ate the same spiritual food, and all drank the same spiritual drink, for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. So you see, God was actually setting up a picture or a type in the Old Testament to show the rock represented Jesus. And it was important that Moses strike the rock the first time because Jesus would be stricken when he was crucified. When he was stricken, he brought forth salvation. And that salvation brings life to the people. But on the second time, Moses was just to speak to the rock. Now, it's interesting that in John chapter 7, verse 37, we're told that Jesus was in Jerusalem on the great day of the Feast of Tabernacles. And he stood up and cried out on the last day, saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. By this, he spoke concerning the Spirit, whom those believing in him would receive. So you see, after we come to salvation through Jesus Christ, we are to just speak to God to receive the living water of the Holy Spirit, which satisfies our spiritual thirst. Jesus said that if we as fathers know how to give good gifts to our children, how much more will our Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? And we are to ask God for the Holy Spirit and the life-giving water of the Spirit will fill us and even overflow us to others. But Moses destroyed this beautiful type or picture in the scripture that God was setting up. Verse 12, Then the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, because you did not believe me to hallow me in the eyes of the children of Israel, therefore you shall not bring this assembly into the land which I have given them. Wow. Now that seems harsh to us. I mean, here Moses had done so much right for so long, and in this one moment of anger, 
He blows the whole thing. And the one thing that he was living for, I mean, you think about how he put up with these stiff-necked, complaining, murmuring, rebellious people for 40 years. And in this one moment, he blows it. And now he can't go into the promised land. His life goal of leading the people into the land of milk and honey, it was spoiled right then and there. All because he misrepresented God But notice here what the Lord said. Because you did not believe me to hallow me in the eyes of the children of Israel. You see, Moses was angry. He was upset. But the big problem was he didn't just believe the Lord. He didn't believe that the Lord was not angry with them. He didn't believe that the Lord would bring forth what they needed by him just speaking to the rock. Moses thought that he needed to correct the people rather than letting God do it his way. For this reason, he failed to hallow or set the Lord apart as being holy before the people. And that is a serious error for the minister of God. Verse 13, this was the water of Meribah, which means contention, because the children of Israel contended with the Lord and he was hallowed among them. So it was The water of contention, it was the rock of contention. But it's interesting that even though Moses misrepresented God, he remained hallowed before the people. And even when his servants fail to represent him right, God will hallow himself in the eyes of the people. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to the previous episodes, go to 941thevoice.com, click on Program Archives, and scroll down to Simply the Bible. Unfortunately, the people of God are not immune to the pain of rejection or the sorrow of death. Tomorrow, we will see how Israel was rejected by Esau's descendants and how they suffered the loss of Aaron, their high priest. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the book of Numbers on Simply the Bible. 